Hi, I'm Camille Pendleton, and I'm an intuitive counselor. I work with families, individuals, couples on how to restore and bring back that spark in their love life and help each other heal. So I have a website called healwithcamille.com. That's H-E-A-L with K-I-M-I-L-E.com and healthefamily.co. That's healthefamily.co. I've been counseling people for over 30 years. And I started out counseling people because of a tragedy that I went through in my life. I started with childhood stuff like we all do. I think most intuitive people have something happen to them that they didn't expect, they didn't want, and they kind of had an ability to, to move through it or heal through it. But they were left with some sort of ability, some sort of maybe psychic ability or intuitive ability. And that's what happened to me. There I was. I'm 14. I'm working on my dad's farm. We've got apples and cherries to harvest. And it is cherry season. And if you ever farm cherries, you know that there's, you know, catchers and these machinery that go around the tree and they shake the pie cherries and and you have to just keep up with another tractor full of water, a bin full of water. So long story short, I'm 14 trying to keep up with my dad. And he's, as he's shaking the cherries, we have a deadline to meet. And I think I'm ready to drive that tractor. I had a two-minute lesson. So I get on that tractor and I really can't get it in gear. I'm on a slope. It is muddy. And I've got the clutch in. Not all the way was the problem, but I couldn't get it in gear. So a, a gentleman came over and helped me out. And he put it in second and low gear so I could, you know, so I could move the tractor up ahead. Well, I'm thinking, great, I'm in, I'm in action. So I start to move the clutch. He's backing away. Well, I pop the clutch. He slipped at the same time and he's caught up in the huge tire tread on the tractor tire. And the tire is on his chest right here. It happened that fast. I froze. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I was, I was just in a state of shock. Another gentleman went over and got my father. My father came over, you know, said, don't move. I, I couldn't move. He replaced my footing, replaced my, you know, where I was. I'm, you know, leaning on the other tire, you know, well, and he's backing off the tractor off this guy's body masterfully. I mean, he, he just, he, I, I was so impressed on how he jumped in. I look back at that. That would have, must have been a really hard moment for him too. But he's backing this tractor off this guy and he's screaming. Everyone's screaming. It is the worst, worst, worst experience in my life. And I just wanted to die. I just wanted to crawl in a hole and die. So as this happens, you know, they get this guy, put him on a lid of you know, a cherry bin, and they rush him to the emergency room, rush him to the hospital. And my grandmother, who was, you know, a product of the depression and, and was worried about everything, worried about money, we were going to miss our deadline. We weren't going to make any money, um, said, pick up those cherries that I'd spilled on the ground. So, of course, I pick up the cherries money on the ground. You can't do that. So this was a really traumatic incident in my life. And I didn't know for a while, actually two years, if I killed him or not. And in those two years, I was haunted. I was tortured. I had trauma. Uh, You know, look, we're farmers. My dad worked at Geneva. If you went to see a counselor, you were really messed up. Hence, I became a counselor. But our family just didn't believe in counseling. We just didn't, you know, that wasn't something you did back then. So I just didn't talk about it. And then if we brought it up, I'd start crying. And so they just said, don't, don't bring it up. She'll just start crying anyway. So we, they didn't want to upset me. They didn't want to hurt my feelings. So we didn't talk about it. Nobody talked about this. And I didn't want to drive that tractor ever again either. I'll tell you that. My dad said, oh, yes, you will. And he made me drive that tractor. And I'm a damn good tractor driver still to this day. So that was one good thing. But 
during the two years that I thought that I had killed this guy, I went through hell. I almost died three times myself. I was trapped in a fire and my sister saved my life where I wouldn't be here. I was in the basement and the furnace caught on fire. It malfunctioned. And it was, you know, it was like a horseshoe when you go down the stairs. My room was straight ahead. Dad's gun room with reloading equipment, powder on, on the left, the laundry room on the right. So when I opened the door to get through, I ran through the fire. So that happened during this time that I was feeling like a horrible human being. I was so guilt-ridden. I almost, you know, I, I had another car wreck or almost, you know, I died in a car wreck. I got beat up by three girls. I'm not a fighter. I'm not a bully. But they chased me down and, and were pounding the crap out of me. And three strangers, I don't know them, three men, pulled up and stopped the fight. And I, you know, left, you know, went home and I was pretty messed up. But I look back on that time and what I was going through was self-torture, self-punishment. Guilt requires punishment. And if we feel guilty about things, we hurt ourselves. We try to hurt ourselves because we have a conscience. We're, you know, we're good, we're good souls. We don't want to hurt anybody. That's never our intention. Usually as we grow up, we don't want to be bad people. So I can see as I look back now that I was truly trying to harm myself. I was praying. I was seeking. I was on my knees. I went to my, my bishop. I'm asking for blessings. I'm asking for forgiveness. I was in hell. I really was. And I finally, two years after this, got the courage to ask my dad where this man was buried so that I could go pay my respects or say I was sorry or something. And I was thinking, maybe the police need to come and get me. I mean, you know, do I need to be arrested? I really didn't know. I was 14, 15 at the time. And I went and asked my dad, I said, where's this guy buried? And, you know, the guy, I, and he said, who are you talking about? And I said, the man I ran over, the man I killed on the farm. And he stopped and looked at me and said, you didn't kill him. I said, I didn't know. I didn't know. Sorry, it still gets me to this day. He said, we took him to the hospital. He had surgery. And we shipped him back home where he came from, which was in Mexico. Ah, I mean, I was... I was exhilarated. I was relieved. I couldn't believe it. I was just, oh, it's like I gasped for air. I, I was just in shock. I couldn't believe that that was what I had thought for two years that I killed him. And he felt horrible. You know, I, we didn't talk about it, but I didn't know. So I look back on that moment and that was probably the beginning of my seeking and spiritually trying to figure out, you know, who I was, you know, what life was, what death was. But I was seeking all sorts of answers. I was reading scriptures. I mean, I'm 14, 15, 16 doing this stuff. My friends are drinking beer for the first time or kissing boys or I was just, I, it's like every wiki minute I was trying to beg forgiveness from God. And I look back on the three near death moments that I had even during that time. And I can see how the divine was with me. And I was never, ever in harm's way. I was never going to get hurt. Um, it's like my sister literally saved my life from that fire. That felt divine to me when I look back on that. Because it wasn't her voice that woke me up. It was someone else's voice that woke me up. And the three men that stopped the fight, the brawl that I happened to be in. And I, again, I just, I could have probably died right there on a, you know, in a parking lot. There were three mean girls. And I didn't even know what caused the fight. I still don't know what caused the fight. But I look back on these moments. And then when I was spinning out in the rain car, I, I was spun three times on the freeway facing traffic when I stopped. And I was praying, please don't let me get hit. Please don't let me, just please, please. And I never got hurt. I was just like, I look at those moments where I think the divine truly was with me. And the divine was probably with me when that, when I had that incident on the farm. So 
it took me a long time to process through all that trauma, a long time to work all that stuff out. And what I figured out honestly was that it was part of my calling and my calling in life. I know now is that when I have conversations with people or even in life in general with me, the divine is present and destiny gets honored. So what that means is that there's a space that I can create or I, I, I create with others. I create with myself that I look up. I'm always looking up. I'm always tapping in. And I was desperately searching for that when I was in my moments, my two years of hell. But I feel like that we all have an ability to tap into the divine at any time. And if we earnestly seek, even if we don't, if we're just asking, look, I think the divine wants to help us. And so the conversations I have with people, individuals, couples, families, you know, I am presencing the energy of the divine. And when the divine is present, it's almost like there's a, there's a sense that we're not alone, that something's happening, that there's a fate and destiny occurring. And once you stop and you slow down and you look back on all the moments you've had where they weren't easy, they were hard stuff to get through. Maybe you really weren't alone. Maybe your prayers were answered. You may not have felt it or seen it at the time, but I look back now and I know that I was spared and I know that I was preserved. And I think I had to go through those that, you know, what I went through as a kid um, to kind of figure out that God is there. Even if it's something tragic, God's there. So that's kind of how I started working with people. Um, and I do think that, you know, there's a couple things that happened also in my childhood that kind of helped me more, be more intuitive. I had to discern people. I had to discern the truth of, of people. And I think discernment is critical. And I don't think we, we give our, our intuition or our gut feelings as much credit as we should. But I think we all have that. Everyone I've ever talked to has a gut feeling or some sort of sixth sense or just didn't feel right. The hair on the back of their neck stood up. You know, if you sit back and if you stop and you look at your moments of where you just knew that there was something spiritual occurring, you know, that's what I'm talking about. That is the presence of the divine. So this is the, this is the core. This is kind of the heart of why I do what I do. Um, I have had some formal training. I've, I've done a lot of self-improvement courses. I've done a lot of peak performance uh, trainings. You know, I've had a lot of clients over my career and they've given me some nicknames, which are kind of funny. So I'm going to share them with you. You know, one's cute. And this gentleman says, you're like my fairy godmother. <laughs> so it's like when we talk and things like I presence this um, energy and he feels like he's loved and cared for. Her. I said, how, why would you say that? I, am I older? You know? Um, and he says, no, you're just very kind and loving and generous of spirit. And I feel safe. I feel safe when I'm with you. So that's one nickname I've got. Um, another nickname was, uh, I, I, they call me the emotional weather vane. You know, so they're like, you can tap in. You know exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling when I'm sitting in front of you. You're like my emotional weather vane. I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, a little scientific for me, but that's cool. And then I had another gentleman say to me, uh, you, you know, you clear my channel. You clear my channel. So he calls me. He says, Camille, I need, I need 10 minutes today just for you to clear my channel. I just got to get clear. So most people, I think, yeah, I think most all people, you know, when they leave my office, they say they feel very clear and they've calmed down and there's a sense of peace and they feel like they're more grounded. They know kind of what to expect or what to look forward to as they leave my space. So that's something I've heard from my clients. Um, um, some funny ones are, I mean, it's, I think men, some men have referred me to some of their buddies <laughs> that I've worked with. And I've had a few guys come in with my business card and said, so-and-so gave me your card. And they said, you can help me get my balls back. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, come on in. Let's talk. What's going on? What's her name? You know, usually there's some sort of relationship issue and 
Um, and we talk about that, the breakup or whatever's happening. But I've got, so I'm not sure what to call me there, but I, I helped me get their balls back, which I, like some of my favorite clients are men going through a rough time with women. Um, I'm a woman, I can say this. Women are difficult. We can be very difficult, very confusing, very demanding. You know, we really can be. So all that being said, women can be difficult. As an intuitive counselor, I think I'm a lot quicker than other counselors. So people say, well, what's different with you than other counselors? I'm a little faster. I'm a lot faster. I've had people say to me dozens of times, you know, Camille, I worked through my, this issue with you and it took us less than an hour and I have been in therapy for years and I haven't got this far. So I am able to, you know, get just a gist of the story, kind of a gist of what's happening. Give me names, give me just kind of the basics. And I can pick up on kind of the history, what happened and where it's going. So I think an intuitive counselor is a lot quicker than other counselors. Um, I'm not saying they're not valuable because they are. And some people need slower time to process things. But if you've kind of processed a lot and you kind of know that you've, you've hit a wall or you're kind of at a limit, you want to get something resolved, I can usually help you resolve it pretty quickly. The kind of people who come see me are people who are ready for that breakthrough. They're ready to have some sort of future, a new future to live into. They're tired of the same old routine. They don't want to live in their past. They want to get complete with something. So people come to see me because they're ready for a, a, a leap forward. They call it quantum leap. You know, I, I've had people say it's like a quantum leap jumping here, you know. So people do uh, get a lot of quicker results when they come to see me. Uh, the types of issues I deal with are, you know, probably your standard. I mean, some people have anxiety. They've got fears and phobias. But most people have something that is unknown to them. Look, if you, you really just don't, you don't know why you're upset. There's, there's something going on and you're upset. And that's what I'm good at is picking up. Is there an energy around you that shouldn't be there? Is there, you know, someone around you that's upset with you? They're not telling you. So there, there's, you know, pe- people problems are usually generated because of relationship stuff. So I, I think the type of stuff that I work on with people is getting them clear on who they are and who they're not and what energies are coming at them. What's the subliminal message? What's the, you know, what are people doing behind their back, so to speak? And if you're being suppressed by somebody, like someone in your life really doesn't want you to win, they want you to fail, then you're going to start what I call the roller coaster process. You know, when people come to see me and they're roller coastering, they're up and they're down, they have money, they don't have money, their car's breaking down, they're bad at health, their, their relationships don't work. Roller coaster issues are, are things that people struggle with saying it's stable, like they're just not stable. And a lot of times they're on medications or they, they've been diagnosed with all these different things. And usually, it, it maybe maybe that's true, but I, I think there's also you got to look at who who in their life wants them to fail. Older siblings that hate younger siblings, um, ex spouses that would like you dead. I mean, there's a lot of people that have these energies toward other people, and that there is power in that. If you're connected to someone for a long period of time, family relationships, that dynamic, you're kind of connected. We're all connected in a family. We're all connected in, when we're bonded with somebody. But if they have a mood that they've got an energy that they put, press upon you. It's affecting you, especially if you're intuitive or empathic or sensitive. And so you have to, you can test this. Look, you, you go into that, that person's space. How do you feel about yourself when you're with them and when you leave? So if you're in a positive space, great. If you're not in a positive space, you're kind of picking up on that vibe, on that energy that they're leaving you with. So you have to really look at what's really upsetting people. That's what I do. I'm pretty good at that. So, and then what I'm known for is probably quick results. You know, people uh, do, they want to kind of feel better. Bottom line, they just want to feel better. And people come in and they start feeling better when they talk to me. So I want to let you know how you can get a hold of me and what I offer. I do offer one-on-one sessions. So people that want to just sit down with me for an hour or so, and, you know, we'll see what comes up. I mean, sometimes I've 
the departed has kind of been, been present. If there's grief, or the, if there's loss, things show up around people that, you know, they might have a sense of, they just don't know, but I help people, you know, deal with what they're dealing with. So all subjects, you know, relationship stuff, addiction stuff, um, spiritual things, health things. I, there's, I don't know what I haven't talked about, frankly, but I sit with, with people one-on-one and um, you can contact me at healwithcamille.com. That's heal, H-E-A-L with K-I-M-I-L-E.com. And you can book a session there with me. I do work with couples and I have a program I call the Soulmate Second Chance. And this is for couples that have been around together for a while. They have that same fight over and over. They maybe have lost that spark. They love each other. They're maybe it's too good to leave and they don't know if they should, you know, try something else. They don't dare leave. It's kind of like they're in a little bit of a rut. Sometimes this is when kids leave home and they're, they're like, okay, it's just us now. Do we have that? Do we have, would we do it again? And they do the family again, but really the relationship may be struggling. So the soulmate second chance is for you. If you're struggling to see if you really want to stay or if you really want to go. And you can get back that spark. You can get back the the connection with your partner. And at the end of my 90-day program with soulmates, it usually is you know if you're staying or you know if you're gone. It's it, it's pretty clear. So I have that program. You can also sign up for that with, uh, on my website, Heal with Camille, H-E-A-L with K-I-M-I-L-E dot com. I also have a 90-day coaching program for intuitives. Intuitives know who you, you know who you are. You know if you're intuitive. So if you want to polish that, practice that, be around other intuitive people, there's some individual work with that. And then there's some group dynamics with that. But it's really to kind of polish up your ability to kind of sense things and feel things. It's a guide to becoming invincible is what I call it. It's your, I'm your guide to becoming invincible. And it's kind of a mastery in mood shifting and helping yourself not get bogged down with other people's moods, clearing yourself. And usually getting yourself clear means you can actually listen and hear a lot more. And in that 90-day program, um, you'll meet some good friends too. You'll meet some good people that are probably a lot like you. You can sign up for that on my website, healwithcamille.com, H-E-A-L with K-I-M-I-L-E.com. I also work with families and I love working with families. Look, families relate to each other though, like on autopilot, like they think they know you, you know, you move out, you're a rock star, you do all these great things, you go home. You're still just Kim. You're still just, you know, uh, the little sister, little brother, annoying, whatever. Or you were a bad kid. You know, you're still the bad one. You're the scapegoat. You know, there's there's all these things we go home to and it's like autopilot relationships. Um, even though you've done all this work or all these changes and you're so successful, or maybe you're just different, you're spiritual, but people still see you as the old as the old identity. So I help break down that blueprint. You know, we have these family dynamics and it's like a blueprint and you're typecast, you know, you're stuck in that. We also get typecast in life. So if you're the oldest sister and you're the responsible one helping your mom and your dad and babysitting the little kids, you kind of find yourself maybe in an HR position or, or someone's assistant and you're cleaning up bathroom kind of thing. So we take our roles in childhood and we kind of live our lives inside of those roles as adults, by the way. So I kind of help break down for people those autopilot roles, especially inside of family dynamics. And we reinvent the family dynamic. We do a whole new blueprint and we create a whole new future to live into. This is also, I have a program, I do family sessions, and you can book there on my website at healwithcamille.com. H-E-A-L with K-I-M-I-L-E.com. I have a book that I've written. It's been published for a few years now, but it's on Amazon and Kindle. It's called Reframing Your Life, A Guide to Becoming Invincible. That's Reframing Your Life, A Guide to Becoming Invincible. Check it out on Amazon and Kindle. Thank you. 